Hey guys, welcome to episode 256 of the podcast. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed Boys of Summer as much as I did. Um, I am very excited to head back into uh, interviews with wonderful, wonderful ladies. And I can't think of a better person to start out with than Anna Fields. Um, You may not be aware of her in the sense that she isn't you know, a star of a television show. But uh, the reason that I think that she is such a great person to uh, ring back in the ladies with is that she is working on uh, multiple documentaries, uh, already has a a great book out um, called The Girl in the Show, and um, has done uh, other projects prior to this that also are fantastic. So, um, the girl on the show, I won't, we talk about it a fair amount on, in, in the uh, interview coming up here in the conversation, but it, uh, it is really giving kind of an amazing account of what it's like to be a woman in comedy. So it just feels like Anna is our ambassador back into all ladies. Um, and so I hope you enjoy the episode. I think you will. It's a nice longy. And uh, I think that's it for the time being. Shout out wise, I just wanted to thank um, Hassan and Sarai for your emails. And I will get caught up on some other shout outs soon. But in the meantime, I hope you are all having a wonderful September. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. part um, when I was talking to you about uh, let me start with the intro where I say thanks for waiting while I went and put on deodorant that is a classy statement yeah it's classy in that I did put on deodorant well you smell nice before and you smell nice now Anna thank you Uh, I also appreciate that um, like what someone was just teasing me about this like when I um when I, when you're like, when someone's like, hey, and they go in to hug you and you say, I'm really sweaty, but, and then they feel they have to continue with the hug, even yeah. though they probably don't shouldn't. want to. Yeah. <laughs> so they still do. And then it's just like yeah. a sort of like, oh, why didn't, yeah. why did we do Especially this? Especially if they're wearing But I don't nice feel clothes. that way. Like okay. if I want to hug someone and they say they're sweaty, I will either not hug them mm-hmm. or I'm still going in for the you're straight up hug. It. I'm on gotcha. my, my hand. If it makes a spongy sound, like a, <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> But I wouldn't. Wow. I wouldn't categorize how sweaty you were as you weren't in Thanks. full. I tried full to take breaks. Yet. I tried to take breaks on my way up so that I would be like, yeah. you know, every every time I felt myself becoming truly drip worthy, uh-huh. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna just find a shady tree and give Janet a potential break. Smart, smart, smart. <laughs> it's really been uh, toasty. And yeah. I was at Dragon Con for the weekend, but before that. You know, we had the whole, like, I guess this happens every couple of years where it'll get so hot that my neighborhood loses power. There's a wildfire. Like, there's that, the wildfires, there's, there's, that happens frequently here. But I've been, I used to live in LA years ago and then I moved to New York to go to grad school. So I haven't been back for so long. There weren't as many fires then, I feel. Yeah. Perhaps. Probably. That was like 2005. Yeah. I think that's probably true, although I just don't know. I mean, this is I, I I guess I won't go into like global warming and stuff because obviously it's extremely real. Um, but I also know yeah. that at any given time, 
we're all we're constantly breaking records like it feels like it's like oh record breaking cool oh record breaking hot so i know that that's all part and parcel how to many hundred the year big stuff that's year going storms on storms can we have exactly it's been 12 exactly. years and we've had three yeah you know i remember yeah. when i first moved to la it was like hurricane katrina yeah the first time in 100 years has ever happened or 500 years has ever happened and now it's happened three times since i yeah. watched that film footage yeah yeah so Good times. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> show. Let's all become Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, that's fresh in my mind because of the, of the recent, I guess it was a recent This American Life where someone was talking about their experience being a Jehovah's Witness. And I didn't know much about that religion. And I, or maybe I had tangentially heard and then promptly forgotten that there are really some interesting similarities between mormonism and jehovah's witnesses and but mormons, mormons love yeah, yeah yeah half i mean sort okay. of on mom, su- mormon right? on sunday yeah according to my research uh according to all your deep <laughs> deep research i know i feel creepy i mean uh, i just but i just am, well that's I like to do your job you're working yeah yeah right. absolutely i just don't want to make you feel like oh, i've been stalking you i just don't want to interview anybody before the sure without knowing something about them which is almost exactly the opposite yeah. of what i try to do because i try to ask all the questions i shouldn't know the, the answer Answers to in right. the moment, but I feel that uh, sometimes that's worked in my favor, and sometimes it hasn't. So uh, it's it's a trade off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I just like to make people feel like I've paid attention to them. Well, I think that's you know I mean? that's huge. That's yeah. I mean, I think that's that's absolutely so the appropriate thing to do. I didn't just ask you randomly. Absolutely. You know I mean? No, no, no. no. I a hundred percent think yeah. that's the right way to go. And yeah. if I don't, if I truly don't know a person that I, the, but the chances that someone's coming on my podcast yeah. are Podcasts slimmer are totally than from documentary yeah. Films. But but boy oh boy, that makes it that makes it huge difference sure. I think to the person who is yeah who's coming yeah. in cold I mean that's the that's the sort of biggest joke about when people do press which is different than doing a documentary or doing a, a little, you know being being right. a book yeah. uh be part of a book but um yeah the whole thing of where someone's like so I mean you can really tell the difference speaking on the other side of it I can sure tell the difference when someone's like so Wow. Anyway, so what's your favorite role? You're like, oh, you don't, don't know, know anything, anything about, about me. me at all. And I hate I that shit. Yes, that's it's okay, awful. Yay, but it's a kind of a weird feeling. And I feeling. probably get too into it. I'm like, oh, she studied interior design for a brief moment. In <laughs> I'll talk about it all day long. So no worries. I'm like, oh, no maybe I should worries. stop. Yeah. <laughs> but it comes from a place of really wanting to get the facts correct. Absolutely. And in our current perhaps post-truth era. Yeah. No, it feel feels like more important than ever. Really important for and, me. And it does, yeah. It, be, it really does become like, well, I guess I can't control uh, anybody but me right. in some ways. Right. So what can I, what's my contribution going to yes. be? It really does feel like sort of microcosm times. It does. Of, and honestly, because you and so many other ladies were so generous to even show up and be vulnerable and say, just answer honestly. Yeah. I felt like I owed it to you to like ask questions that were coming from a place of superficiality and sure. not understanding your journey. And, sure, sure. You know, and why you would even be right for this conversation. Right. Well, let's explain to yeah. my listeners uh, who may not know yeah. what we're talking about, how yeah. we met, and uh, and and what project you were it's working like on. Because I at think because you you're so pretty. Oh, good. <laughs> it's really heavens. Hard. Good it's heavens. It's really hard. <laughs> if you if you merely touched my greasy hair, oh, and you're, you would be like, wait, wait, no. It it's greasy. only it's not it's not skin deep it's grease deep how beauty is like only I'm grease high deep i'm having a really like once in a lifetime ca- ca- like cafeteria conversation with the popular pretty uh, girl <laughs> and i'm like she's talking to me which i categorically was not um, i just feel like oh she's talking to me what do i say 
<laughs> What's she gonna even ask though me? we already told it's a, <laughs> even though we comfortably already have had more than one conversation when i'm in the director when i'm like a, when i'm behind the camera and it's not about what I have to say. It's about what you have to say. Right, right. Totally different personality. Yeah, well, that makes you sense. I mean? That totally makes sense. I'm but not I, a performer my at version all. of but, but <laughs> even me, and I've said this before, but um, I don't know how many times I can say if yeah. I'm like at a show that I'm not a part of, yeah. I don't want to be a part of it. I get really mm. uncomfortable. Like if it was a mm. magic show or something mm. and someone wanted to volunteer or someone, if there's just a, you know, you're, I'm, when mm. I'm participating as uh, a viewer, as, mm. as an attendee, mm. uh, I am so comfortable in that place and I'm so uncomfortable if someone breaks that no agreement. participation. Do you know what you. I mean? So yeah. even for me, so even for performers, you mm-hmm. know, there's there's no like hard and fast rule You're of like, like I'm this. always ready to perform. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll always take the call. Well, Do that's you know why I mean? you're not a psychopath. Well, maybe that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's true. like, if you're always maybe on, like, true. give your neural cortex a little bit of a break. Yeah. Your neural anyway, cortex. A, Just I give was it a neuroscience a, major give it a in college. Massage. <laughs> um, okay, so you and I met because you reached out to me because you were working on a project. Yes. And I'll let you explain. Sure. Well, I mean, I've been working on it for four years. I <clears throat> It's called The Girl in the Show. And, um, gosh, I'm going to try and nutshell this. Um, I uh, It's essentially uh, first a documentary, and then I was, I was lucky enough to sell it as a book as well, which allowed me to use so much more of the research that can't be filmed about the intersection between feminism and quote-unquote women's comedy, although I really hate that term because it's very um, gender-segregating, right. in my opinion. It's right. just comedy. You're just comedians. Right. There's well, no slow lane or separate other categories. Right. Right. We don't say lady doctor anymore. No, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have it like lady doctor. Uh, <laughs> um, no, for sure. But I think that's something that, um, and you and I, I think talked about this a yeah. little bit together, which yeah. is, uh, which is, it's and that and it's such a sign mm. of the times and by the way you don't have to nutshell this because nothing in my podcast has ever been a nutshell if anything it oh, is good. A, be, a, what should well, be I a mean, nutshell just, becomes a, an orchard it could be like a four year long yeah yeah but and i but like you know yeah. it's also it's also an incredibly meaningful four year long process and project that's really hard to to yeah. nutshell um but i mean like that that's where it gets tricky right is that we are we want to be in a place where we don't have to use those qualifiers but the significance of using them is also a way of needing to have a conversation about the fact that we're still using them so it's 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 a little bit around around and and those are the kinds of arguments that people are getting into right now Mm -hmm. particularly with respect to race and and still gender Mm -hmm. and certainly um, how those things play into class or not about class everything is or, everything. you know, everything is everything. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but like that's, and then when people, there's the same conversation when people ask me about the cartoon character I had and, and Cora. the meaningful, yeah, the meaningful aspect of mm-hmm. the fact that she, you know, ends, ends the series falling in love with a female friend of hers, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, like I'm so excited that it won't be even a thing in ah. you know a, a decade longer, maybe less. Mm-hmm. But um, but I also want to give it the weight that it deserves and have that conversation because the reality is mm-hmm. it was a big deal and it is a big. It's still a big it's deal a to big talk deal. about and women so in comedy because it's, have been like that it's too. not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's not the only character you've played that's broken those boundaries or even addressed those boundaries. Right, right. Um, and that's what I feel like why I thought you might be someone who could contribute to this conversation is that you're coming at um, your performances from a place of sort of 
and f- correct me if I'm wrong, but just from the research that I've done, I, I never felt like even from dinner and a movie to now, it's not as if you came from a place of sort of strict heteronormative norms and then moved into something that you felt would be more lucrative. You sort of always just sort of <laughs> took, which sometimes happens. Right. Um, you just sort of took characters that spoke to you regardless yeah. of what their sexual orientation was. And I felt like that would be such a risky move I feel like um, for the past women in right. comedy, quote unquote, that I was talking about. So especially given that I can only imagine the sort of extra level of expectation that's put upon people who are exceptionally attractive. And so I cannot even imagine how much pressure there must be for someone to conform. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think part of that is just, uh, that's what's great about, wait a minute, this has become about me and you're doing your project now. <laughs> and I'm not going to let this, about I'm not going I'm to sorry. let it stand. <laughs> it's not on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I'm just used to like, I'm used to like focusing on you. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course, of course. But that was very sly. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't, it wasn't sly. It's just, it's not intentional. It's just It's my been your instinct. life for four it's, years. Yeah. Uh, I totally get it. <laughs> we can. T- I can change the subject. Uh, no, I mean, I will address, I will just address one thing, which is um, that- but you're uh, the girls in the show so it's almost like it's about both of us okay if so this is sense. this is a this is a continuation of and yeah. if you and if you're interested in what we're talking about then you yeah. absolutely should get the book um and with the documentary and you're the film too and when is the film what i haven't so, seen the film but i have the book yes obviously so um uh, well here's the thing that's funny um i started uh, I'll just start with where I got the idea. So I was always a fan of Gilda Radner and Lily Tomlin. I used to do Roseanne, Rosanna Dana impersonations and Lily Tomlin's fish face for mm-hmm, my mother mm-hmm. growing up. I was an only child too. And my mother suffered for some, uh, from some pretty severe mental illness. Mm-hmm. And so this is how I got her to laugh. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was at the Austin Film Festival in 2013, I was there getting an award for a script I'd written. And I, um, I at nighttime when I just wrote I rewatched the episode the pilot episode of Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. from 75 and because I'm kind of nerdy I started sort of googling trivia and I found this sort of half myth half truth about how the not ready for primetime players in the lemmings which included like Harold Ramis and John Belushi and Gilda they eventually became part of the first cast of Saturday Night Live. They used to get butts in the seats by announcing that there was a girl in the show. Mm-hmm. Even you know like Arguably, 25 years after Elaine May co-created Improv, right. it was still a novelty to have a girl in the show. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought to myself, I wonder if it's still the same for the girls in the show. And it started to be just about Gilda. And then it became about all the women who made Gilda Gilda and all the women who Gilda sort of in some way made. And then it became not just improv, but also stand-up and also um, comedic acting and and it became everything is everything. Yeah. You yeah. know, and what they speak about, how speaking came about, how voices even mattered from 1920. Prior to 1920, women's voices didn't matter on a national scale and certainly not on a political scale. Yeah. Because before the passage of the 19th Amendment, nobody cared what we thought or yeah. said because we couldn't vote against or for anything. So right. who cared? Or people or the argument right. would be made those those conversations were happening in homes right. and perhaps were informing things yeah. on a deeper level than sure. anyone wanted to admit. Absolutely. But even that was just like, if that, if, if in every house, quote unquote, every household, every yeah. quote unquote normal household, <laughs> which was more important back yeah. then yeah. to be, yeah. if you, if, if the front facing side of the society is so masculine centric, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then it's like, then, then the power that a woman has over yeah. a man is like an uncomfortable joke. Yes. 
but but like they have this influence but then there's this constant push and pull of like oh i respect this this partner of mine but also i'm supposed to be in charge of her but also she's saying really smart things but i they have to be my smart i mean what a cluster it's exhausting to have to be manipulative all the time yeah on either side yeah so um with the passage of the 19th amendment um women started to matter and their voices started to matter on any political, legal, economic sense nationally. Suddenly, we had to listen to 51% of the population. At that time, we were technically more um, because of the ravages of World War One. So, yeah. So, we started to matter. And so, people started to sort of have to pay attention to us. Yeah. So, we had to start thinking about what we were saying and how we were saying it. And so, from vaudeville to that sort of first wave of... Um, post-amendment, post-suffrage comedians, what they started doing and when and how and about what they were doing suddenly became more um, scrutinized. Yeah. And so you'll see um, a change between women before 1920 and how bawdy they were on stage in vaudeville yeah. and what they were allowed to do. Sometimes it was more. Like the Mae West types. Or yeah, the, Sophie yeah. Tucker, Belle Barth, Pert Kelton, who was the original Alice Cramden from The Honeymooners before she was blacklisted by McCarthy mm-hmm. for playing a bawdy prostitute on vaudeville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little bit too risque. Oh, rough era. Yeah, it was. But it's very sine cosine wave. So it's like 1920, oh yay, we're liberated. It's the Harlem Renaissance. Let's get this shit. And yeah. then it's yeah. Like, oh, crap, World War II. Oh, we've got to all be Americans now. What does it mean to be an American now? Right. Oh, we better conform. We've got these ideals of, of moving yeah. to the suburbs. And then 60s and 70s, it's back to, oh, let's rebel against that stuff. And then, oh, no, it's Reagan. Back to the 80s. Yeah. We've got to go underground and start being more conformist. And then the 90s. So this just this up and down roller coaster of what's okay and what's not okay for women to say mm-hmm. and and especially openly and how they present themselves physically mm-hmm. and um, where would you yeah. put us now in that in the sort of action reaction because i because i because obviously we can you can look at the you can look at it from just a presidential point of view and sure. say you know okay well this is the, Ob- the right. obama administration this is the trump administration but at the same time that's like kind of a surface level like it's hard to because then if you really drill down into mm-hmm. what that administration like it's mm-hmm. not like the obama administration meant suddenly there was we all had privacy again or suddenly no. we weren't bombing fact, anyone Obama's, or suddenly you know right. what i'm saying so specifically obama um degraded some of the first amendment yeah exactly exactly and i i'm a lawyer so this is really fascinating for me as well yeah yeah, yeah. It is it's a it's strange time so yeah. in that way you know or, or or is it only possible to really see those waves when you're when they're behind you like will we look at like what will we, you know what i mean no. yeah because what will we look at exactly Exactly. It's just about what the culture values versus what the culture is attempting to devalue Mm -hmm. and what we collectively decide we want to express versus repress. Right. And sometimes that is sometimes mirrored in in whoever happens to be the commander in chief at the time. Sometimes it's better, it's better um, exemplified by what's on our television screens. Sometimes it's better exemplified by what our legislature is doing, what our Supreme Court is doing. Right. Because certainly during the very, arguably repressive 1950s and early 1960s i mean i hate to get too legal with you but like it was an era of the supreme court called the warren court oh i'm fascinated oh, i mean okay. all i listen to is true crime <laughs> okay. and legal podcasts cool. that's my escape okay, well, i don't listen to comedy podcasts okay. and i'm like oh those that's my friend world that's my that's my work life <laughs> so i escape by listening to sure. undisclosed well, and finding out about like like yeah i get it the warren court was all about like 
creating the things that we now consider intrinsic to mm-hmm. the fabric of American judiciary. Yep. And civil liberties as they exist today were not were created between the between 1953 and 1974. So very many of those years were spent in the Vietnam era. Many of those years were not spent in an incredibly progressive time mindset. Mm -hmm. And um, most of those civil liberties, for example, Miranda rights that we now hold so dear, did not exist before this time period at all. Isn't that something? I know. And, 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 and when did, and some, even things like, I mean, obviously what, what, not obviously, but for anybody who it follows the kind of stuff that I follow in the podcasting world, like so much is about Brady anymore. Like so, because, because all of the sort of post, everything that happens post conviction, hinges so much on like what was disclosed and what the responsibility is and mm-hmm. how many people are innocent how many people are guilty what does our judicial system look like how is it how are we going to unbreak that because yeah. it's becomes so much about because everything is everything because it's become so much about mm-hmm. more than just you know what's sitting on a piece of paper like well you know yeah ideally this is the this is what we're looking at right. and then like anything that's on a piece of paper it becomes perverted mm-hmm. with for, by people who have the best intentions and by people who have the worst intentions. The pendulum swings both ways. Yeah, certainly. absolutely. You know, and um, so legal interpretation is the basis for some of our greatest national uh, progresses. Yeah. So some of our greatest treasures came not from what was literally written. Yeah, what, or what, what people voted on, but, right. but what a group of, a select group of people, people said, this is a very specific situation that we have to make a determinant, mm-hmm. and because of the way we've set things up, that will now inform yeah. all of these things that follow. There are so many people in this country who would have no legal representation, economic representation, or political representation had it not been for judicial activism. Right. But we could probably use, step that up a little. <laughs> Yeah, now a little bit. I guess that's because what everyone's trying to do. Way. We can be tearing right. down things that are great actively, or right. we can build, be building up things that create and further our ideals towards life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right. But anyway, well, okay. So let me. Yeah. The girl in the show because it starts with 1920 and it goes to the present and it talks about these sine cosine waves of how does history and culture and feminism interact in the comedy that we love. Right. 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 And how far do we still have to go? Right. You know, how do we become more intersectional? How do we bring more laughter into this crazy world that we're living in. How do we use laughter to cope? How do we use laughter to change? Yeah. How do we use laughter to feel less alone in an arguably isolating technological revolution mm-hmm. that has us all sitting behind screens mm-hmm. rather than interacting with our neighbors? Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, maybe I'm just a really old lady now, but as part of like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a millennial, but I'm an older millennial, and so I feel like I'm part of the last generation that remembers what it was really like to... Or last part of the millennial generation that really remembers what it was like to substantively not have the internet in your life on a daily basis. Yes. And not have smartphones and not have instant access and instant connection. In. Yes. And I, just, I mean, I remember driving around L.A. with a Thomas guide. In my Me mind. too. Me right. too. Right. Yeah. Or MapQuest. I mean, MapQuest <laughs> right. was like a <laughs> huge deal. Out. <laughs> Printing out like six pages of MapQuest directions. This is very much a part of, uh, of coming but, down here. And that's here. maybe a good change. Right. But there are other not so good changes. Yeah. Or some for better, some for worse. And so I just want to make people feel like what comedy makes them feel like, which is in that moment when you're all getting it in the room and you're laughing, you're not alone because everybody knows what the point is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The way, the way in which we connect with each other ha- has changed. And I think some of it is 
like again, it's a much bigger conversation, but um, using the eclipse as an example, you know, having some sort of big event that you are not necessarily experiencing with all of the other people who are getting to experience it, yeah. but there's something large enough about it that uh, it feels good to know that, you know, you're having this sense of, of wonder and the way that that gets shared later, whether it's Instagram or, you know, in the case of radio lab, they did a little piece on it and they had had a bunch of listeners send in their oral reactions to it. Oh God. Uh, you're too kind. You're too kind. Um, I'm so sorry that interrupted uh, this. It's really hard. Uh, (laughs) I'm just having like PTSD from middle school. Oh God. I (laughs) just can't tell you enough how much I don't agree with anything that you're saying right now. Um, uh, no, but they said they had their, they had their listeners send in, um, their reactions to it. And because I had the, uh, very wonderful opportunity to see the total solar eclipse. Um, and it was a very emotional experience for me. It is so accessible now when I hear someone else's reaction, I just start crying in the best way. All of which is to say, um, we can still connect. And sometimes our technology helps us do that rather than hinders it. It's just a matter of like taking a step back and looking at all of those things and kind of being maybe more selective about how we engage uh, in person and how we engage remotely and how we uh, allow that divider to happen rather than using it to our advantage to feel closer to someone, I guess, is what I I'm trying totally to say. I totally agree with you. And I, you know, and that's so true. It's so, there's so, pro, there's pros and cons. To yeah. Everything. It's not like the 80s was the era of eye contact. Right. It's just, <laughs> it's just you know, I just, I wasn't very old in the 80s, so I don't really remember. Yeah, but yeah. I, but the thing is, though, and maybe, of course, we look back with rose-colored glasses and we're forgetting the bad stuff, too. But at least in the book and in the film, I take a look at how women were threatened um, and encouraged um, over the time periods, you know, where now you'll have a comedian being, you know, threatened with a rape, you know, joke or not even a joke, a real rape threat or a threat of violence on Twitter. It used to be that comedians would do a set and maybe say something a little risque and then come home and find a hole cut in their door. Right. So I don't know, physical safety, social media safety. I don't know. Some people would argue that social media safety is less of a threat. You know, that's less of a threat being threatened on Twitter. But the thing is, though, because all of our information is on the Internet, I don't know, having a hole cut in your door of a hotel room that you're in, is that less safe than having someone literally broadcast to millions of people what your home address is? Well, sure, sure. You can leave your hotel room. I don't know if you can move your entire house. Right, right. I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, speaking of house, let me get, I just want to ask where you grew up. Oh, North Carolina. Okay. Used Mm -hmm. to be cool. Now Mm -hmm. it's embarrassing. Well, (laughs) speaking of the pendulum, I mean, I think... That's another one where... We used to be a big blue state. We were in 2012. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the notable exception of our wonderful governor, Roy Cooper. Yeah. Um, our legislature is um, pretty big shit show right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I guess I'm just... Uh, 
I'm from Arizona, so I understand. Oh wow! Because my because my sense of Tucson, which is very liberal, um, but but that's I mean it's like living in Austin or Mm. you know I mean you can. For some reason, I thought you were from Florida. No, God, no. I'm sorry, Florida. I I really don't mean that in a God no way. It's just a very different place. My research. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not from Florida. Um, I. no, I'm from Arizona and, and, mm. but it's, so it's, but although I will say that Floridians, uh, suffer from the same f- fate that many of us have when you're from a state where, you know, my upbringing was incredibly yeah. liberal and, uh, I lived in a city that is blue, um, mm. but a red state, but a red state. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's a very, and, and my, I think my sort of optimistic side is like, you know, people like people know that there's plenty of progressive people yeah. living in North Carolina. I don't think that... Do people know that? I, I think so. I know that. I think we so. are a rare but mighty group. No, absolutely. <laughs> I think they do. I mean, maybe they, maybe somebody who who didn't have an opinion yeah. one way or the other about North Carolina and is hearing about it for the first time in the context right. uh, of this, uh, these these times in the last couple of years um, might have a different opinion. But I don't know. As somebody who, is, as somebody who did not grow up in the South... Um, the the people that I know uh, have very positive associations with both North and South Carolina. I'm glad. And South Carolina? Well, really? maybe less South Carolina. <laughs> Let me just be honest. Wow. But, you are so nice. Uh, <laughs> well, this is, I really, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I normally experience the opposite reaction. Mm. I am really glad to hear that because I will say this. The North Carolina that I grew up in, what under Governor Jim Hunt, was pro-education. Yeah. That's why UNC Chapel Hill became such a great school. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, so, the people I grew up up with where what so, what what city or town were you living in i grew up in a little town called burlington mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the coat factory uh-huh. <laughs> we're more than just what great a claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> right and then and then i went to girls boarding school in winston-salem okay um which i no one has ever heard of unless you smoke a lot I we guess. love cigarettes <laughs> god knows we love cigarettes i know in furniture uh-huh high point furniture market. there you go um but chapel hill and Asheville are the big blue well charlotte too now yeah but yeah they i mean our state in in the 90s and um, early 2000s, I would say, was super, um, oh, super blue yeah. and um, big uh, Bill Clinton supporters, very big on education. And there was, I was really, but let me say, because yeah. I was shocked when this happened. Yeah. And that's a good thing. It's not like you were like, oh, Alabama, boy, you guys got to get it together again. Right. You know. And then, I mean, we were never sort of in the pools of of low expectations. Yeah. And now I uh, feel that we are. Well, I think it's going to, I think that's going to, that's going to correct itself. Yeah, I mean, everything, you know, everything bounces. Yeah. The pendulum swings. Um, Hopefully we can address our gerrymandering issue. Uh, Again, with the boring legal stuff, the Fourth Circuit has specifically struck down our um, racially motivated with precision lines yeah. gerrymandering case forcing our legislature to redraw those They're, they keep trying to put it off they keep trying to wait that has been denied thank mm-hmm. goodness that will change soon mm-hmm. yeah so anyway the only reason i bring all this up is that i do have a part of the book that goes into roe versus wade and why it was so seminal mm-hmm. because i don't think a lot of women or men learn a lot about history that's not about Caucasian, heterosexual, cisgendered men that are certain of a certain socioeconomic status. Right. And so I don't think that a lot of women know that until 1974, women could be legally denied the right to have credit right. or checking accounts. Right. And they would have to have male cosigners. So you would have to ask like your little brother 
or your son yeah to co-sign for you for your credit worthiness and i don't think that you know i don't know sort of we we take this for granted because we don't know how recent it is Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. my grandmother was born the year that women started to count yeah yeah they gained seasonry yeah and if you think about that that's three generations of mattering that's, compared that's to 40, not much years. that's right that's absolutely right <laughs> so i just the backlash of this idea that like we're all feminazis and we're all taking over and you know i just give us forty thousand years and then we can hmm. have a conversation yeah about how we're taking over yeah you know no i understand and yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. Do, how aware of that stuff you're were just you when you were <laughs> not in the? Oh, <laughs> well, the that couldn't you are, be you're more great, wrong. Because you're like, I'm angry, but I know that I got to check that anger because it's alienating people. It doesn't necessarily move the conversation forward. You have a re- you have some really wonderful comments in the film. P.S. It's going to be um, a couple films now. Oh, because, good. Because there's so much great response, and I have so much great footage that I'm going to have to split it up. Sure. Um, and the and I'll have um, there's going to be a, another book and another film. Oh, yes. great, 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 great. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, uh, uh, just anyway. based on what we've sort yeah. of skimmed across the surface yeah. of, it's obviously a very, very dense, I mean, you could There's be exci- in encyclopedic, there. but yeah. um, so when you were growing up at a girl, at a girl's board, uh, what, what, what kind of climate was your yeah. home life and, sure. and, and how did that uh, lead to boarding? So was that something sure. that was common yeah, let's um, in your community? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, was that, that something that was common? Because, like, for example, for me, no one I knew went to boarding school. I don't, oh. I, uh, boarding school to me was like a thing in mm. Jane Austen novels when I was growing up. That was not, not something, I didn't have East Coast friends that went to board. you know, that was all something that I found out about much later in my life. Of course, I had a sense that that existed, but again, it it's just was East Coast. not at all something that was in front of it's me very in East any Coast, way. for sure. It's very English. Yeah. Um, um, and it's... Um, historical traditions yeah um i um well once again i'm an only child i don't even have any cousins it's mm-hmm. just me i always made this joke that i was like the stand holding up the christmas tree uh-huh. it's like all these people <laughs> and then I'm just the same. Yeah. anyway it's a lot of pressure have some kids quick <laughs> i know have some babies yeah or as my uncle likes to say birth and babies is where it's at <laughs> so apparently i have nothing of where it's great, at. great great you're not you're not at there <laughs> i'm not at there um so I um, I actually put myself into boarding school because I grew up in a very small town where um, I was always sort of the bookish kid, and that was not common. Mm-hmm. Um, I am super fair-skinned, and um, that was not common. You would think it would be, but everybody was tan, and everybody was really athletic, and I was like the kid who was dreading running the mile mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. had to do in middle school. Sure. I, hated it. I was also really short for my age for a while, and then all of a sudden I sort of I went from like five two to like five seven in like a year. Um, it was it was crazy. So anyway, um, I really wanted to go to um, Brown for college mm-hmm. because I'd watched my best friend's wedding with Julia Roberts, uh-huh. and I, she was wearing a brown T-shirt, uh-huh. and I thought you had to go to the school to get the T-shirt. <laughs> I thought you had to go there. I, I was like 14. Oh, <laughs> so I didn't wonderful. know you could just get the t-shirt. Yeah. 
Because, of course, this was like the beginnings of the Internet. And, of course, for people who lived in bigger towns, this was not the beginning of the Internet. But for people who lived in small southern towns, sure. we didn't have cell phones and the Internet yet. Yeah, yeah. We were hearing the music like a year after it already came out. Uh-huh. So um, so I uh, had a friend from academic camp that I went to every summer. Adorable. <laughs> at, called the Coley Experience in Asheville, North Carolina. They don't have this camp anymore, but I wish they did because it was wonderful. Yeah. I got to go and make like, you know, optic lasers for summer was great oh wow anyway, that's it it. that is great i went to I, yeah i went up to a place uh in northern arizona called computer camp which just oh. meant that it was a normal camp but yeah. then one hour a day you were on the computer learning how to use nice. it and stuff so it was like it sounds like we were in a lab <laughs> you know what i mean but it was still like i still was like forced to ride a horse that i was terrified oh, of God. like i it was still all the kind of yeah. normal heartbreaking scary camp, camp stuff one too. hour a day computer camp. <laughs> <sighs> anyway so i much like you i went to this camp loved it um and I had a roommate there who went to a boarding school, and I'd never heard of it either. Yeah. Because, you know, I grew up in a very middle-class family. Yeah. And I never could have, uh, I just, that wasn't, my parents are a football player and a homemaker. I was, the only books in the house were mine. They're right. very smart people, but I was the academic, and they were not. Yeah. Um, so they were definitely not fearing the mile. Uh-huh. I was. Uh-huh. I think I was left on the doorstep. Uh-huh. But anyway, so, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so she went there, and so I thought, I and I thought it would be just like camp. So, um, and also I thought this way I can get to go to Brown and get the t-shirt. Sure, so sure. So I convinced my parents to apply and thank goodness they had scholarships available. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to go and I spent uh, 10th, 11th and 12th grade there and it changed my life. Yeah. It's the entire reason I'm doing any of this. Oh, wow. For sure. So what was what was it like? What was that transition like? Sure. And, and what were your focuses? Your Big foci? learning curve. Your, Big yeah. learning curve from public school in a very small small town not a terribly well-funded uh, public school so you probably didn't have to work very hard when you were well I did um but only because um there was there was so much bullying at my school that you had to work really hard to just be able to focus yeah so it's not that you had to work really hard on the work you had to work really hard to be able to be allowed to do the work mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to not compete with boys in the classroom mm-hmm. because at least the girls that I went to school with were much more interested in and uh, making sure they applied their lip gloss in enough time before they got my ha- out in the hallway once mm. the bell rung than yeah. what the answer to the question was. Right. And some girls were not like that. Some girls were very focused on, but they were the exceptions rather than the rules. And I wish I could have been one of those girls, but they also had to be like the pretty girls too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You had mm-hmm. to be pretty to sit at the front of the class. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was not alphabetic. So mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I, I, so. <laughs> the, uh, the only exception I take to that is that I find you to be just lovely. Oh, so I don't. Uh, but I. But I understand. I think I would feel I differently if I didn't show up to your house sweaty. Uh, <laughs> again. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, so uh, I don't remember where I was at. So I went to boarding school because I thought, yay, no boys. I don't have to compete with anybody to answer questions. Mm-hmm. Um, also, only like. 10 people in the classroom rather than like 35. Yeah. And um, I thought it would be just like camp and I would get to hang out with my girlfriend Hartley Mm -hmm. from camp. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, all those things were great. But I had to um, learn how to translate Chaucer in Middle English. Mm. And I had to read lots and lots of Shakespeare. And I had to learn how to diagram sentences. Mm. I didn't even know that there was a space after a period. Uh And um, I had to dissect (laughs) things and... uh, I had to learn German. 
I just was it a was it a like a religious based boarding school? Was it like it yeah? Wasn't, but the wonderful thing about the school, um, I'll just say, it's Salem Academy. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. It was mm-hmm. it's in this place called Old Salem, which is part of Winston Salem, mm-hmm. um, and it was founded by Moravians um, in the middle of the 18th century, specifically for girls' education. Mm-hmm. Moravians are wonderful in that they they were very focused on educating women far before mm-hmm. many other many other countries and, and religions were yeah. focused on that. So. Um, so it was religiously based, but they did not in any way try and force this down anybody's throats. Gotcha. Um, so, because I'm not Moravian, I grew up Protestant. And so, I, you know, it was just a wonderfully encouraging, empowering school where they made me feel like it was less important who I was taking to prom and more important where I was going to college. Yeah. And that is the entire reason why I got to go to Brown and get my master's at NYU. And I went to Wait Forest for my for my JD and that I'm making this film and that I have any interest in um, in making myself the man that I was taught to marry, mm-hmm. as Gloria sure. would say, as Saint Gloria would say. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I'm just really grateful. It changed my whole life. Yeah, that reading uh, Fear of, of Flying by Eric Young right. changed my whole life. Right, right, right. <laughs> so. God, yeah, I do remember reading that, and yeah. I don't. That, that is one of those things that I remember reading and knowing that it was significant, but already having received information. Yeah elsewhere mm-hmm. and so sort of looking at it kind of like when people say you oh go oh, you got to watch this yeah. alfred hitchcock movie or whatever mm-hmm. and you you watch it and then you i'm not even really speaking for myself because i feel like i uh watched that stuff when it was mm-hmm. still kind of a th- its own thing yeah. in a way yeah. but anyway when you see something where somebody's trying to express to you like without this mm-hmm. you wouldn't like cabin in the woods or right. whatever but if yes. you're far enough removed from the original sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't or yeah. sometimes you look at it at arm's length and go oh i see why this is important but this isn't t- this isn't the thing that's speaking to me the way it spoke to my friend or my aunt or my sister or my mom or whatever so i remember reading that but i don't remember having an aha moment about it i remember sort of being more like you know like oh, oh i course. see that this is really significant right. but you know since then i had already read blah 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 i don't know and you, it sense? wasn't the first time you were hearing this for me it was yeah. a come to jesus moment yeah 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 for me this is not how i grew up yeah you know i'm i'm maybe the second woman in my family to have a job i mean i and that's fine i mean working inside the home is a job i just mean a, a job outside the home right and so this was not how I was raised. Right, like right. not getting married, not having children by the age of twenty-four, was not something that was ever anticipated for me. My father always used to tell me that when I was born, he always told me that I could do anything I wanted to do, and that boys and girls are equally capable. Thank goodness I had a father like that. Mm-hmm. But he also told me that um, when I got married and had children in that order, <laughs> right, um, that when I was born. He looked at me and was blown away by how much he loved me. And he thought to himself, okay, here's a wedding and college tuition. Those are the things. And thank goodness college tuition is in the list. Right, right, but right. the wedding is in the list. Right, you know? right, and right. And so I just, that was just not how I was raised. Yeah. So for me to read this, and I mean, I was like 25 when I read this. So for yeah. me to go that many years yeah. was big. I hadn't gone yeah. to NYU yet, but I'd gone to Brown and I still hadn't really heard this yet like yeah. i had feelings that way and certainly girls in my in my girl school had already heard this i maybe i was just a real i probably am just a late bloomer other girls i knew who were younger than me did know this stuff because they came from bigger cities or different places because this boarding school attracted people from like baharan like sure. it was very um it was so intensely academic that 
Saudi Arabian families felt secure sending their daughters there. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. I, I was probably just the only person who hadn't heard about this wonderful thing uh-huh. <laughs> called feminism. I just didn't uh, know. Right. So anyway, um, I had my come to Jesus moment, as they say <laughs> where I'm from. And I'm really grateful because otherwise I don't know what I would be doing with my life right now. Yeah. I don't know. How did the law uh, start to become interesting to you and kind of creep its way. <laughs> uh, that's sort of a funny story too. So um, I, uh, how do I explain this? So I, I, I graduated from Brown and I came to Los Angeles because I, my grandmother used to live here in the forties. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to sort of see it. You know, mm-hmm. I never see, I never been to the West coast ever. Mm-hmm. And I, so I just sort of got in my car and drove. Um, and I, um, when I was there, I saw this really old film called This Property is Condemned mm-hmm. with Natalie Wood and Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was based on a Tennessee Williams play. Didn't oh, okay. know that. Because I'd never... Really, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I've never well, heard. I don't know. I was a neuroscience major, so I'd never written anything, really. Um, and I thought to myself, I really loved it. And it was about sort of how I grew up, like these old boarding houses of the Southern Gothic. And I thought, I could do that. So I wrote my first play. And I sent that play to NYU like a day before I didn't know it was like a day before they were closing their application cycle and I got in and it was free and they gave me a full fellowship and I thought well maybe I'm being told something so I so I decided to go and while I was there I um the the tuition was paid for but I didn't need something to eat with uh-huh. so I got this um internship thank goodness um and as the world turns, oh my god, like, this is crazy the middle of Brooklyn like down the QE yeah. line like in the middle of like carry a knife land like do not eat the coleslaw in the deli because you will get food poisoning which happened to me Um, and so I got an internship there getting people like doing what's called character tracking and getting people coffee and thank goodness they let me sit in the writer's room a lot okay so for character tracking because because this show has been on for a gajillion years you have to know the sort of right so character tracking is like the genealogy of all these characters where is this person who's been around for 75 years where is she at now to keep because it's written it's written a little bit differently than shows they're not soap operas. Like you have breakdown writers and you have script writers. The breakdown writers write the outlines of what's going to happen from week to week. Right. And then they send out those breakdowns to the Monday person, the Monday script writer or the Tuesday. Yeah. Script writer. And that person in isolation wow. writes from this 22 page outline that episode, but you have to read the tracking because otherwise you won't know what happened on. Well, Friday. sure. So you got to, that's a mountain of information. Read the break- read yeah. The breakdown and read the tracking. It's a mountain of information. So, I sent my one play, because this was my first semester in grad school, to this wonderful woman named Amy Handelsman, who was um, an EP at CBS, um, Procter & Gamble. And she just happened to really like it. She just, I got lucky, and she happened to like Southern Gothic people. And so I got to write for As the World Turns. And so... This is so... <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean, this is such this, a long story. No, no, it's just like, I don't even... I can't... It's hard for me not to need to hover a little longer on neuroscience I'm to, to the soap law. I opera. I'm getting to the Neuroscience law. to soap opera, Anna. Neuroscience know, to soap opera. That's I extraordinary. I, I, I did what I thought my... Here's the thing. when I Where I grew up, much like probably a lot of places that people grow up, writing was not a thing that people did. Sure. You know, that was sure. what Hollywood liberals and frankly whores did. Uh-huh. That's what I was always told. Yeah. Um, and so this was not a thing that you did ever. And if you did it, you certainly didn't show anybody. Uh-huh. Um, because frankly, where I'm from, people would tell me I was a lesbian for uh-huh. doing stuff like that, which is hideous. Yeah. And people were always calling me that anyway. 
I didn't care. I mean, I guess it kind of hurt my feelings but when I was little and didn't even know why, what that even meant. Because you knew that whatever it was, <laughs> they whatever meant it, was, it as an insult or whatever. Yeah. But I, but somehow it was supposed to be a bad thing. Right. And, um, and I think that was just because I read all the time and because I was nice to other girls uh-huh, uh-huh. because women were supposed to be mean to each other in this hyper toxic masculine place. Right. Right. My hugging other girls or being nice to them or not competing with them. And were you like giggly and flirty no. and trying to, yeah, and I so, wasn't, and because I wasn't, I didn't care who I didn't date people because I, I just was a late bloomer in terms of my yeah. interest of boys, and because I wanted to be nice to other girls and I didn't mind being physically yeah nice to them yeah they thought that I was hitting on them. right right know. right anyway so yeah so uh so I wrote for As the World Turns which was great but let me tell you eighty five pages a week Jeez. it's like writing a play a week yeah so I what cut my teeth writing. That was my first job. Yeah. I've never written anything but that one play. So I just had to learn how to write a play a week, which oh was great gosh. training. No kidding. Talk about being thrown into it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, so, um, uh, so I wrote for As Returns and then the, and then I wrote for Guiding Light and then the writer's strike happened. I don't know if you remember this from like 2007, 2008. I do. Yeah. Cool. So, I was down here by then. So it was, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it was around me. So the head writer at, uh, for CBS Proctor and Gamble for As Returns, um, what went to Columbia Law School. And so when the writer's strike happened, I thought, ooh, I'm the new kid. I might never have a job again. This might be a fluke. It's uh, the only job I've ever had. Sure. This might not work out so well forever. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, I wonder if I should apply to law school. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, again, not, not a totally logical on the sort of it's on not its face. This is what I you love it, though. This is what happens when you don't have a mentor. I love it, though. <laughs> no map. No more. No, no I love it. I love that it's like she had a brown T-shirt on and then your, your, your friend you adored who went to that boarding school and then you had the head writer who had a law degree like i think I like it's, so, it's mentor, very charming my, my path would have been a little bit yeah more like, i certainly didn't have a mentor right? again that was something that i thought rich people had and like i was like oh rich yeah rich oh if you oh you you refer to a mentor when you've like always known you were going to have one Fuck, man. but and i just didn't know what that was like yeah my mentor was like here's how to marry a car salesman and live by the highway right like here's my mentorship experience right but i feel like in that way we get to become the mentors that we wanted yeah for, for younger girls yeah and i love that yeah you, know, you get to be that woman that you needed when you were 22 sure which you know i don't know anyway so so you yeah, thought the logical thing to do as I'm waiting to find out if my soap opera job will continue is to apply to law school. I how long school. the strike was going to happen. Sure. And I was still in grad school and I thought, okay, I got like, you know, a semester left. I better do something. So I applied to law school and... Did I, the soap operas just shut down at that point? I don't remember how it affected. That's a, that is a world to me that is... And, and, and when I hear things like 85 pages, like th- th- there's a reason that that's a world unto itself. It is. Um, but let me tell you, that's why writing two books that are at least... I had to cut 150,000 words out of this book. Yeah. I keep pointing over there because I yeah. just happened to see yep, it. Yep, there it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, writing 300,000 words... I can do that in like two weeks. Yeah. That is nothing. Because yeah. I got, this is what, this is my training. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I'm grateful because it makes you go with what you feel as opposed to what you think. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So I didn't know how long the strike was going to happen. Uh-huh. Going to go on. And I was going to be out of grad school soon. And um, so I thought I'll apply to law school. But then I also wrote the proposal for my first book, which is not this book. This is my second book. Mm-hmm. But I thought one of these two things will work out. And I, they both, I got lucky and they, um, 
I sold my first book. And then I got into law school. So I had to decide what to do. And so I spent my last semester of grad school and that summer writing um, sort of like the first draft that you have to turn in mm-hmm. of the book. Then I went to my first semester of law school. Then I had to take a year off from law school to do my book tour. And then I came back to law school. And while I was in law school, I was also teaching some writing classes and the communications department. I was an adjunct professor. And I wrote some, an independent film or two. And and <laughs> and <laughs> I wrote for Cartoon Network for this show called Squidbillies, uh-huh. which is about redneck squids from Georgia. Yeah, I'm familiar with Squidbillies. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that show. Yeah. So anyway. That's a oh, busy. Oh, because the guys who created the show went to very busy. That's how I got Yeah, it. yeah. Anyway. What were you, and, and so while were you, what were you focusing on in law school? What were your interests? Did you have um, specific? Constitutional law. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I specifically um, focused on that. Obviously, I mean, intellectual property helps a lot. I, I know all about trademarks and copyrights. I've helped myself and many other people trademark their work. It's copyright good to know, their work. good to know. Yes. Filing that away. I'm happy to help. Yeah. Um, I've helped lots and lots of people start 501c3s. Um, this documentary was produced by a 501c3 that I incorporated with the federal government and registered technically. Um, and it's nice to be able to help artists. So sure. They don't have to pay two grand to go have somebody do a USPTO search and registration yeah. for them. Um, I do that all the time for people. Oh my and gosh. yeah, it's really nice, but um, I can do my own taxes. It's really great. And I could do legal releases and talent contracts. And sure. All sorts of stuff and fair use legal reviews. Yeah. I do hire some people to do that because. I don't really want to have to do all of it, but I can. Uh-huh. And it's a really good money saver. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah, it's really nice to be able to have that to help people. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to be able to have that to be able to create projects that hopefully help people I don't get to interact with personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes it easier to do projects that aren't necessarily commercial. Because I, I would probably be much more successful and much wealthier and have a beautiful home somewhere if I chose to just do TNA films or just do stuff yeah. that like is just going to play to the red states but fuck that man yeah I'm going to be making films about like transgender cats sure <laughs> sure yeah I want people to learn history and know that history is just entirely the present mm-hmm. the past mm-hmm. isn't dead it isn't even past yeah yeah <laughs> I mean I that's from Faulkner right? yeah <laughs> I didn't write that. That's fair. I'm sure he would say he was also yes. paraphrasing someone. It's just Probably that he's so. the most recent person <laughs> that like so. gets the most credit for it. Um, and so what, when you were doing all of this, were people in the moment remarking on how extraordinary it was? Like, were people saying like, I can't believe that you're no. doing, that you're writing a film and you're in law school and well, you're... I never told, I mean, I just don't, I never told anybody about this stuff. Because again, yeah. I grew up with the mindset of you just don't talk yeah. about this stuff because people think it's weird. Well, what about relationships? When did you start, like, when did you let someone get close and <laughs> sure. did you feel a sense of... Like, I don't want to be too much for this person in terms of uh, oh, too my... too much for every person. Oh, man. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. But I mean, I, but I'm saying that in the in the context of, you know, yeah. stuff that I think we do bump up against, yeah. which is normal human stuff, no matter mm-hmm. who you are, what, you know, your sexual orientation is, like things of feelings of competition or feelings of inadequacy or feelings yeah. of fear or feelings of all that kind of yeah, stuff. I know. You know. And I'm trying really hard not to talk about you, even though I feel like... At a certain point in time, I always try and not talk about myself anymore Uh and talk about the other person. But I feel like this is something that a lot of women, um, yourself included, you know, 
um, experience probably, and I don't want to presume anything, but, um, but yeah, it is something that we all kind of, I, I guess we all kind of go through. And, um, I got really lucky. I have had a, a shit ton of terrible relationships <laughs> with crazy people. And, um, hopefully I can use that in a book. Uh-huh. But, um, but, um, why do you think that is? I mean, in terms of like, um, what we're probably we're, because my mother did suffer from mental yeah, illness. That's and, felt, felt familiar. Oh and, yeah, yeah, for sure. And she had terrible anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and very, very codependent mm-hmm. woman. And, um, She's just one of the funniest people I've ever met. People used to invite her to wakes to keep people from getting too sad. Amazing. You know? And and my father is brilliant, um, but he um, is an alcoholic. And he's a recovering yeah. alcoholic. He yeah. has been since I was three or four. Yeah. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot in there. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I grew up with a fair amount of like anger in my household and a fair amount of physical abuse in my household and certainly a fair amount of emotional abuse in my household. And so I think I was sort of always dating different versions of my father. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then thank goodness I, um, met somebody who just randomly, I, my friend picked him out for me in a bar and then he hit me with his ass accidentally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness. I met someone who's the total opposite of, of, of me in every way and thank goodness he puts up with me Uh (laughs) and my crazy nonsense (laughs) was there a period in which and i don't want to i don't want to get overly personal about that but i can't believe what time it is i I just i feel like i just don't i just i feel like if you're a writer who minds getting personal your shit's gonna suck yeah (laughs) i mean i just hate that that's yeah i'm probably cursing too much on your shit not in the (laughs) least oh no heavens no 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 i there's i there's nothing about my training is yeah there's there's zero there's zero pressure not (laughs) to curse debutante training uh that's (laughs) this is like with the rearing up of the cotillion classes are like yeah Again, something that doesn't like <laughs> register in reality to me at all it's is, a is a thing, thing. that still happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but uh, when you when you fell in love, um, was did you have to overcome a sense of this isn't right because it was so right that it didn't feel like anything else, or was there a more no. immediate recognition of like, oh, this I could I this is this is right. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I wish that would have been so psychologically normal. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, no, but so I mean, healthy. like, I think the, that like I, when I think. I just well no but I and but that's why I'm saying like I'm I don't think that's I don't know how common that is if if we because patterns are what's comfortable so sure I I, in fact they're neurologically comfortable the synapses fire in particular ways exactly muscle that's exercised and that muscle is exercised exactly I was just talking about that exact thing with what was was I think it might have been Andy Richter it was someone very recent where we were talking about yeah we was yeah because we were talking about the, the because I I guess was it Andy. You guys know, uh, it, but it was the whole idea of, you know, um, cognitive behavioral therapy and just the idea of, uh, yeah, well, I'm sure it was Andy. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, but that, that you, that if you think of your thoughts that way, if you can remove, that was the kind of the whole yeah. guys, if you haven't listened to Andy's episode, this is a good opportunity to go back. <laughs> it's like supplementary, uh, material that it, that if you if you're able to separate yourself from your brain because that's a big deal for me having gone through stuff too is is trying to have those conversations with myself where i'm like just because you think we're the same thing and you think you're right doesn't mean i have to listen to you and how important that is and and i think 
it might have been great for me to study neuroscience mm-hmm. in the sense that, and, and perhaps that's why you were drawn to it uh, because of your mom, right? I mean, perhaps yeah. in terms well, of like, well, well, how does the brain work anyway? You right. know what I mean? How is, well, mine what's even, a way of looking at this in a, in a more objective way? Yeah, and mine was even more particular at Brown. Mine was the harder level of that. There's neuroscience and then there's cognitive neuroscience at Brown. And cognitive neuroscience is the most difficult, besides engineering, um, specifically mechanical and electrical engineering it is the most difficult <laughs> so one of, I must say I think that the reason I chose it initially is because um, it would make my parents the most proud of me oh and well. it's most the biggest challenge and I'm always one of those people who likes the biggest challenge yeah. you know and um, it had like 35 credits and I was like I'm doing that wow yeah so eh, for better or that's worse. not me that's what I'm saying. Wow. I would well, look thanks. at that and go 35 credits. I, I, forget it. I feel like that's a healthier approach. Well, I don't know if that's <laughs> because true. Because then you're actually doing something you like don't have to force yourself to become. And so I, I must say this, like I, I chose, I choose things that are challenges rather than things that are things that I enjoy. Mm, okay. I, I grow to enjoy them. Yeah. Um, by mastering them. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. will say as someone who knows a, a great deal about, um, the interactions of uh, cognitive dissonance, which is what you're describing, and um, the prefrontal lobe cortexes, mm-hmm. which is our rationalization decision-making centers, mm-hmm. you absolutely can separate yourself from Yeah, pain. yeah. You can, for sure. That's really, it's In fact, so you can separate yourself from your pain centers. Yeah. It's, ask anyone who's ever survived an eating disorder. Yeah. Or who has ever been burned. Yeah. You can, you can train yourself to to not feel it. Yeah. It's amazing. I just think that's, that's really, yeah. it truly is. Yeah. If anyway. it's, but it feels like, what's daunting about that to me is that everything that you're saying feels like 35 credits to me. It feels like, well, I guess I could just stop doing everything else yeah. and then learn everything there is to yeah. know about that and train myself to be that person. But, but it, in moderation, like yeah. Like a San Francisco <laughs> But wouldn't that, but wouldn't, but wouldn't my understanding, like shouldn't I devote at least some time to that because wouldn't it uh, help well, ostensibly quick, help all leaks. the others yeah <laughs> maybe because yeah. maybe you know if that if that feeds into the rest if that makes you a better version of you yourself really you know whatever that is gage i think you like reading about phineas gage um which one's phineas gage i know that name for sure oh yeah 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 who survived I know. Unfortunately, too many, too many uh, frontal lobe uh, <laughs> yeah. stories end in people murdering other people. But that's true. Um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's arguable that Lizzie Borden had um, a head injury. You just keep. It's like the chicken and the egg, though. You can't tell if it's like we want to because we're creatures who want patterns and want to understand mm-hmm. things. It's like, are we searching for that head injury? Yeah. And everyone has head injuries, but when you're a psychopath, you point to the head injury, or is yeah. that the other way around well, is serial it, you killers know I mean? happen to have three specific things in common <laughs> traditionally yeah um chemical imbalance yeah history of uh psychological emotional so nature and nurture together and a head injury specifically yeah. to the prefrontal lobe cortex yeah. or the amygdala yeah anyway so yeah fascinating. so fascinating <laughs> that's another rabbit hole <laughs> oh i love that rabbit yeah. hole uh, love maybe is the wrong word for something that's uh, we have sort of fascination with, but it is. It's trying to under. It's the same with the crime podcast yeah. and le- le- my interest in legal stuff. It's trying to make sense of yeah. that. Like, well, if I can make sense of it, somehow it'll be less frightening in mm-hmm. some ways. But maybe clearly, I also want to be frightened. Go to law school, G- <laughs> Janet. <laughs> it's been said, and I really, I'm like, well, maybe when I'm like 50, then I'll <laughs> then I'll go to That'd law school. Awesome. Uh, it is amazing. very interesting. Um, Hannah, I got. I 
want to get into this mash game. Um, I feel oh, bad because yeah, I God. recently got a letter from the, uh, the sweetest 19-year-old who um, said that they wish my conversations were longer and my mash games were shorter. And I thought, I can't believe that like an hour and 15 to an hour and a half long standard length episodes is not long enough. Or maybe they would rather, I didn't do mash at all, but... That's a great compliment. But then me, I'll though. get. But then tomorrow I'll get an email from someone who's like, "I wish the mash games were longer. I wish you'd get to it faster. That's my favorite part." So, um, <laughs> and 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 it was the sweetest. Like even my my critiques are like the sweetest people in the world. So um, to you, you know who you are. I apologize that I am cutting this conversation short. But I now also know that um, we could talk for four Forever. years about this. Forever. But that even answer uh, your question. I feel like you asked me like why I. I can't remember uh, <laughs> why I went to boarding school. I don't remember. I think we got. <laughs> I feel like I just feel bad because I feel like I didn't answer your question. Uh, well, I've asked multiple that, and I think, the I, and then one. while in the process of you trying to answer one, I will just switch topics and make that's you okay. answer something else. So that's also on me. Um, that's okay. I think it's a good. <laughs> it's a good. Uh, it really is like the tiniest toe dip into. Um, and, and what I hope will encourage people to check yeah. out your work because it's obviously and incredibly thorough. And to see you because you're in both and, the films. I know. <laughs> you're in the book, you're in both the films. The first film I'm, I'm finishing right now, it's being color and sound corrected right now. So it's going to be, I'm, I'm submitting to festivals this fall, Great. hopefully next year. And I'm in the middle, I'm here for a couple months because I'm, um, uh, the book was optioned by Buna Murray Productions and by this really lovely producer named Patty Ivins. And we are working together to develop um, a series. Nice. And so we're hoping, um, I'm an executive Bruce and we're hoping to attract a showrunner. We're just coming up with the, with the world and the characters and we're hoping that somebody will want to come along and, and join on telling um, so many of these stories about how the different girls in the show mm-hmm. and all the different shows. Well, I'll show up yeah. for anything you want me to thank do, even you, if it's just you. walking across well, the room carrying a glass show. of water. I'm, I'm in. I'm hoping that well, it'll be a series and we'll get Jinji Cohen or Jill Soloway. Yeah. Any number of amazingly talented women to come do this. And Let's that do it. We can. I would love to be able to cast some of the women who are in the book and in the documentary. That's because, it. I, I love it. You know, and I love all those girls. So. Because finally I'm we in. get to work together rather than like, hi, maybe someday. Right, hi. right. There is a fair Never amount of that. You because there's only two of us in every That's season. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, especially in writer's rooms. Goodness gracious. And I hope we can do a screening here so you can see you can see all these wonderful contributions from these. I mean, I'm just so grateful that you guys even wanted to talk to me about this shit. Yeah. Well, it's obviously, you know, I think it is something that that's the, similar to certain podcasts and and I think I feel the same way with yeah. luckiness about mine which is you were lucky when we realized that we're interested in something that other people are interested in mm-hmm. particularly when the people that we want to talk to or are have want to scratch the same itch even if they don't know it yet mm-hmm. that it, it, it takes someone to say hey I want to talk about this would you want to talk about it yeah. and sometimes people are like I've been waiting for someone to ask me that or someone's like I didn't realize how much I felt about this until until I was prompted you know what I mean so um it's great it's like it's it's such a great gift that your interest allowed people to search their thoughts and their feelings about something too you know I think it's great um uh I started reading the book and there's like I love Eliza Skinner and there's so much great stuff from her in there and She's my she's, she's my new so fave. Um, even though I already was, she already was my fave. She's uh, so brilliant. But she's she's really ama- she's really amazing. And she really just sort of is one of those voices in both the film and in the book that was indispensable. Yeah, just indispensable insights. And even people that you know have been around a little bit longer, like Molly Shannon, just 
and Mo Collins, you know, just talking about how things were before our current era gives our current era so many more colors mm-hmm. absolutely it, you know, it, it just sort of echoes what eliza was saying and yes ands what eliza was saying yeah you know? absolutely so anyway i would i would just love the whole thing and i hope that i hope everybody copies me and we out we all go out and write a lot of books about all the women i, uh-huh. <laughs> I hope everybody steals my idea and goes writes lots and other books about Tony fields and like anita loose and all these yeah. women i couldn't fit into the first one that i hope to fit into the second one yeah if the first one even sells well enough to have a second one like yeah <laughs> you know like i just hope that we get to tell all these stories are you doing Nobody did you knows. do an audiobook version are you doing an audiobook version they haven't asked me to do one yet okay i don't know i got Mm. we'll see if it's if it's well if you ever well, need anybody to read i yes. guess it's a little weird but no. i i I, love I, read it. <laughs> I, the, the, I consume audiobooks in a way that i oh, you're can't listening consume. to it. i would thought you're offering to read it i am no, no i <laughs> fully are. am no i oh, fully good. am because i know that that is a way that many of us uh yeah, read, quote unquote read anymore yes. because you know it's just a way to be doing two things at once i would love that um uh and and i think anybody who listens to a podcast is likely to be open to listening to an audiobook if they are also like, well, I don't really have that much time to read. So yeah. um, I would I'm love that, that out there I would too. love, love, love that because I feel like that any way we can get more women and men and people of either or no gender yeah. to read these stories, the better. Yeah. And I would love to not have to perform I would love to have somebody no. who's better at it. Do I it. put it out there. <laughs> now it's just laying out there, like it's all flopping around oh, no. uh, out of the ocean onto the land. I love it. Um, okay, so uh, so for our first mash category, let's do. Um, well, let's do let's do a time travel situation where you're in your safety bubble, and um, it's an opportunity to actually see, uh, for better or for worse, in terms of uh, moments in history, um, things that maybe would become more real, uh, either in a profoundly sad way, frankly, or mm. in a really exciting way that for us still feel like they live on the page in a way. Does that make sense? Like if you want to see, you know, if you want, no, 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 I'm just saying, no, that first of all, everyone is laughing their asses off, but like, this is your, so this is your opportunity to visit a period in time. What I'm, what I'm offering up is, um, if you, that it's, that it doesn't have to all be pleasant. Mm. Like if you feel like it would be somehow emotionally useful or intellectually useful to see Hitler kill people, oh. I totally understand that. But it also My can be, Jewish, but it also so can be like, I oh, I want to see David Bowie's first, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. anything, anything like that, light, lighthearted or, you know, intense. So, uh, so anything you feel like, I feel like I would like to see play out in the future? Well, no, oh no, I'm, it's more time traveling to see, like, for example, this is another example where, um, I, I, I love history so much, but, but there's, it's so hard for me to, you know, I think that's why people like going to a museum and seeing a dress from 1763, because your brain still needs, especially because we have so much entertainment Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. that when we have an experience that we haven't had before, we say it's like a movie, um, that, that, that for me, it would I, I would want to like I have an idea of what my grandmother looked like riding the ferry mm-hmm. from Angel Island into the city 
of San Francisco to work at a cafe. But do I, or am I just picturing the movie version of that? Mm. So part of me wants the visceral experience of like, I smelled what there was to smell. Mm. I saw her. I, you know. She was Irish? Was she Irish? Uh, my gra- uh, my grandmom alone is. Um, I'm just curious. I'm sorry. I, there, she's, no, that. she just has a, her, her, her background is Scottish, but it's like <gasps> deep Mormon. Like the earliest Mormons. I did not realize that until I started oh. looking at the genealogy that my aunt did recently. And I was like, holy shit. Sorry, Grandma, but like she's like old school Mormon. Like I think I, I I just didn't know that. Nowhere else in my family does that exist. But on my grandma's side, boy, there be some the, those Mormons are like to me. It seems like there's like some Scottish people who came over and just uh, were real early adopters wow. in Mormonism. Yeah. Well, sorry, to sort of interesting. Again, but I just you'll be probably happy to know that was not on the internet. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it's 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 <laughs> I, I I really it's just yeah. the family tree that exists that my my one of my aunts is um terrific at that and that actually is one thing that mormons um they 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 uh they encourage finding out about your history but a lot of that i think has to do with you then go back and baptize all the dead people in your family but anyway that's a whole other conversation well, have that in common uh, oh yeah wrote an entire book about called the 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 white rose of york about my english ancestors because my family came to the south with a land grant from george the second okay that's a, so. well, speaking of old school. Speaking <laughs> of old, old school. school. We're yeah. preschool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I get it. And uh, we have that in common. So, sorry to change the subject back to you. But so, yeah. So, that was sort of things, like moments in time in history or, yeah, Where eras that you're curious about that would give you the opportunity to really s- experience them rather than read about them and imagine. Gosh. I would love to see Moms Mabley uh, performing um, with the, <laughs> I hesitate to even use the name of of the traveling show because it's so of the era. So please don't think I'm using this without knowledge, but it was the um, colored circus. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see that because she arguably invented stand-up comedy. Amazing. When she was about 14, <clears throat> because women had to sing to be heard essentially. Mm-hmm. That's why Phyllis Diller, who by the way, was an opera singer in college, mm. um, start off singing. They had to be sing to sing, to be heard. And mom's, was sing and then she'd stop and talk to her audience a little bit then she'd sing some more then she'd go and talk and eventually it was more talking and less singing and then more talking and less singing and then it was no singing it's so amazing and this allowed somebody like joan to just not sing yeah yeah so anyway i would love to see that because she had some she had some she's from north carolina yeah she was from north carolina she had some um some experiences that i thankfully have never had yeah and um and I would love to see that little girl creating. Um, you bet. This world-changing uh, form of art. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Good luck with a lot other two. No, yeah. you're gonna have great answers for the other two. <laughs> no, I need two more. I okay. Um, I would love to go see Sophie Scholl, great. Uh, head of the White Rose um, Resistance Movement, who uh, uh, she and a group of other, mostly women, but also men, um, they. Uh, rescued a lot of Jewish people and assassinated a lot of Nazis. There you go. And she was eventually, uh, of course, um, killed herself mm. um, in her early twenties. Mm. Um, that's that's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, gosh. Hmm. I. <laughs> Fuck you, Janet. <laughs> um, okay, I, I, 
I want to go watch Mr. Rogers testifying in front of Congress. Oh, wow. Great. Talking about how children deserve their own television. That's great. And the congressmen, these deeply conservative, spare the rod and spoil the child people. Yeah. Of not the GIs, but the lost generation. Yeah. Uh, moved to tears by him. And that creating some of the cornerstone of public broadcasting that we now take for <sighs> granted. And, so and paving the way for Sesame Street. Yeah, and absolutely. Conjunction Junction. Yeah. And uh, what was that like? Three, two, one, contact. contact. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff. You know, that sort of back when we prized um, knowledge over performance, mm-hmm. back when we had less in the windows and more in the home. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was um, back when we really rewarded people, perhaps more than we do so today, for the substance of their character mm-hmm. rather than the force of their personas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the question is like, is there just, is there just so, is is the proliferation, I can't go on about it's this. All it's going to go on forever. But, it, but do we have yes. more, do we just have more of everything now yeah. such that there's room right. for better or for worse for yeah. those personalities? Yeah. And, 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 and we also can and, ha- and find those voices that are, equally loud in a different way agreed and conversely to argue against myself as as lawyers are wont to do you have to otherwise you don't know how to argue it uh what character were we acknowledging those of white heterosexual men who were testifying both within and and in front of congress yeah like really are those the only voices we want to go back and capture because i bet there was a whole shit ton of voices back then who weren't able to go you know testify in front of congress whose voice who's who could have moved people to tears just as easily, if not more easily. There you so go. So there you go. There you go. You know, I'm, I'm probably full of shit. <laughs> you're not, you're absolutely not full of shit. The question is, the question is just, uh, uh, the, the, the place that we feel like living at in every, in, in any specific moment. And we don't have to choose. We can be angry about one thing and be yeah. nostalgic about the other and have them coexist in I time. It's messy. The past is messy because the present is messy because the future is messy. It's true. And so as an alternative, number three, I would go watch, um, the last of the red hot mamas perform Sophie Tucker singing, you know what I'm going to do? I'm yeah. going to I'm going to double up this category so that this is a six category oh, really? where you get two <laughs> okay. out of six instead of one out of three because cool. your answers are so brilliant. Okay. Thank you. Sophie Tucker, Belle Barth, um, Pearl Williams would love to go see the Red Hot Mamas performing and um, and I would love to go see Mae West defending her African American heavyweight champion of the world boyfriend when he was kicked out of their apartment complex based on racial oh my laws God. against this is amazing people of color owning property in los angeles and how she bought the building and change to change the law man i just want to take a class with you like a one-hour class of each of these like to to, uh, to offer that Thanks. up to every listener <laughs> like okay this will be a six-hour course uh based on anna's uh mash choices Thanks. um <laughs> Thank you. uh uh, may west it. and then give me one more oh, which God. i know is not going to be a one. problem um i want to go watch toady fields before she lost her leg toady fields performing on um jack parr great doing some of that seminal oh god some of the first comedy that wasn't as self-deprecating as phyllis had sort of done but drawing attention to the sort of everyday struggles of a woman who wasn't who was larger. Mm-hmm. And as my mother, my whole life was a larger woman. And so I don't really, I don't really see that as any, as 
I don't, I don't really see that sometimes mm-hmm, because I mm-hmm. grew up seeing that. And so for her to be on television in the early 60s talking about what it was like to not be able to shop for clothing mm-hmm. because nobody made anything in her size. Mm-hmm. And for me to have experienced that with my mom, even in the 90s, mm-hmm. the only place you could go was like Lane Bryant and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see that. I would love to see a woman talking about things that men didn't want to hear. Right, right. Like a time when all the gatekeepers were men. Not That's that great. they're not 95% men now. Right. But it would be nice to see the women's faces and how they would do what I... They were the whisperers, I call them. They're mm-hmm. always the women laughing very quietly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to offend <laughs> the, the guy over there. That's right. And I get a lot of those messages. I get a lot of messages. I mean, maybe you get some of these messages about, oh, I love what you said. This is so true. But then they'll never say it or a man can hear it or read it. Mm. And I'll always encourage them to, like, thank you so much. You know what would be awesome? If you put this where someone other than you and I could read it. Right. Because then it's not just me having a problem. It's it's a problem. Right, right, right. right. And so I get it. There's fear. Right. But that's rape culture, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's an Ouroboros. Yeah. You know, the fear is the fear until it's no longer the fear. But it will never become less fearful until you confront it. And yeah. so I just, I don't know. Anyway, I would love to go see Toby Wheels this summer six. I, I love that. I know that really brought up a lot of other stuff that I've yeah. been talking about lately, especially with respect to like, um, you know, giant corporations who own politicians. But uh, and real, how dude. and that Ouroboros corporations but, are criminal. Yeah, as J- Dickens once said, "The more I understand of the wealthy, the better I understand the guillotine." Here we go. <laughs> I'll say it. You don't have nice to. Nice and sharp. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. So next category is uh, well, let's get into alternate universe partners, crushes, sexy times, romance. Uh, three. They can be characters. They can be you know actors of a certain era. They can be uh, characters from a book or a cartoon, anything like that. Um, oh, is this like a Mary kill mm-hmm. screw thing? Well, I don't <laughs> have you screw or kill anyone, and nor do you need to marry them. It's just like you know uh, that like like an opportunity to to have your sort of alternate universe husband or wife or have just you know this this, maybe it's a character that you're like well i i find this character to be very sexy but i probably wouldn't want to have to like have heart to heart so but and the and you're you don't have to account for any of those reasons uh but just three um that would be fun okay cool um Hmm. You know, I just don't have any interest in celebrities, mm-hmm. so it might be hard for me. No, that's why I'm saying it can be characters from a book. Okay. It can be characters right. from, you know, it can be... I've just never been into, like, I've never thought any of... The, I don't know. Anyway, so, um, characters. I'm sure a hundred people say Mr. Darcy, but he would have been such an asshole. Because, <laughs> I mean, and would have had a really long pointy chin. He would have looked like me. You don't have a long pointy no, I'm, chin. No, well, I mean like with a long pointy chin. I people see. People look like me with a long pointy chin. Well, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. It's just like a lot of people think it's very brawny Colin Firth. Oh, right. And then in fact, Edwardian gentlemen at the time, very delicate, mm-hmm. dry skin, mm-hmm. pointy long chins, mm-hmm. oval faces. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. I, they would not have thought he was cute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Gotta rein it in. Okay. So, um, Lord. I'd say Hemingway, but he was secretly gay and shot himself. Yeah. Um, My Lord, not Picasso. He used to buy women to marry so he could paint them. Yeah, that's a problem with a lot of the the (laughs) artists. It's the work, not the personal relationships. That's probably not good. I have no idea who I would like to have any sexy time well maybe we can we can definitely skip the category i I mean i wish i didn't have to 
I guess I just have like zero. God, I guess I'm just so I'm like a frog with no <laughs> sex drive. That's not only, but it, like I said, it doesn't have to be sexy times. Like I would put, like I would marry Emma Thompson tomorrow, but it's not because oh, I want to like have sex with I her. You know what I mean? See, like it can, be, it can be, whatever, it can be whatever, it can be whatever the relate, the, the 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 structure of the relationship can be oh. whatever you want. It can be companionship, it can be eroticism, it can be Again, friendship. Again, you're smarter than me. Do you know I didn't what I mean? even no, get the question. No, not at all. Not at all. No, I. It was not even a question. I like I like threw out a bunch of words that I hoped you would put together in a sentence um uh, okay so i would oh my gosh i feel like i would love to be friends with jane austen but she would never leave her home because mm-hmm. she didn't <laughs> and she died then, a virgin and i don't know i yeah. feel like she was pretty miserable oh sally ride no she's still alive but that's there's nothing wrong with dead? that no sally ride i would love to, to that's Great. a story i would love to to i would love to be friends with her yeah Great. I would love that. Um, Annette Benning, oh, because she is brilliant. Yeah, she certainly is. Um, some of my favorite writers I have met and was disappointed by, so I won't mention any of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, oh, Lord. Well, I grew up reading a lot of Anne Rice novels. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I met her son, Christopher, mm-hmm. it turns out he and I, I sort of also grew up partially in Richardson, Texas, mm-hmm. and so did he. Um, and he went to NYU, and so did I. So mm-hmm. that was freaky. But Anne Rice probably would love to be friends with I love her. that. That's great. Yeah. That's perfect. Is that, is that good? Yes, those are fantastic. Uh, I heartily applaud those choices. Um, okay. I feel like when I go home, I'm going to have a different list. Well, too. that's what that's the, that's the nature of this. So just think of it as improv and know that you're yeah. spontaneously saying something and then letting it go. Maybe it's like Tony Morrison. I, that's how I have to that would be answer great. it too. Yeah. Um, do you want me to swap anybody out for Tony? Oh, what was my three? Sally Ride, Annette Benning, and Ann Rice. How can I swap? Don't swap. You gotta Don't make swap. longer lists. Don't swap. Okay. Uh, how about collaborative stuff? You could put Tony mm. in that category. Like, oh, you coll- you get to collaborate with this person, living or dead. There's no way you on- collaborate with Tony. Oh, Morrison. I'm putting it down right now. There's how no dare way. you? How dare you? I you don't know. Like you don't know until that relationship. Well, you'll have to push yourself. Surround yourself with people you feel are more talented than you. That's my motto. Oh my uh, okay. So, leech off so of you're their collaborating greatness. with Tony Morrison. Two more collaborators. There's just this is impossible. Too bad. Look at me. I'm really getting tough love now. You are really hard at this. <laughs> God, Mrs. Havisham. <laughs> oh. ah. No, you're more Mrs. Trunchbull from Matilda. Um, uh, Maybe Roald Dahl's on this list of collaborations. Super, no. Okay. Super great. great, 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 great. Good to know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Noted. Did, yeah. Would not probably work out that well. Um, who in their right mind would not want to work with Jill Soloway? Yeah, great. Or literally anyone who's ever met Jill Soloway <laughs> or worked with Jill Soloway. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I wish you could give me like 25 minutes. I know, break. I know. Uh, this is brutal. Um, living or dead? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just go with Alan Ball. Great. Not that that's a, a bad choice at all. It's a wonderful choice. It's an amazing choice. It's never going to happen. It's just that 
I loved Six Feet Under so much mm-hmm. when I was younger. Yeah. And I don't know. I love Six Feet Under. Um, I loved, God, what was that movie that came out in 1999? I can't believe I'm forgetting this because I loved it so much with Mira, not Mira Servino. Oh, God. American Beauty. Oh, sure. Sure. I just loved, I remember one of the first pilots I ever wrote was basically my <laughs> looking at the structure of the pilot for Six Feet Under, which was not, I later learned, written as the structure for a pilot. It was like, well, it was sure. like a film. Sure, sure, they sure. Just let him do anything. That's right, that's and I was right. Like, oh, well, that's why that didn't work out. Right. <laughs> but, but that's why. But I just. I that's just when everyone funny. tries to write memento. It's like, no, no, no. Do you, that's the exception to the rule, as Save the Cat tells people. Or but. Mary Gateskill. Mary Effing Gateskill. Do you know that is? She wrote, um, she's an author, but she wrote the um, the script for The Secretary. Oh, God, that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Secretary, right? Um, oh, the yes. Maggie, it is, Maggie it's Dylan Holland. It's just not the Secretary. Yeah, yeah. Right, I just want to make sure I was talking about the same movie. It is yeah, Secretary. I love well, that the movie. First, that was the first um, film script I ever read, besides The Way We Were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, when I read that, I thought this is the way everything should be written. Wow. Yeah. I should read it as a script because I absolutely love that movie. I read it when I was supposed to be working while a bookseller at Borders. Great, great, great. great. <laughs> oh, Borders. That's so many fond memories. I know. It was uh, a that used to be around here. Oh, anyway. Good old Borders. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, next category is, oh, well, I'm going to do this then. I'm going to do movies or TV shows that you can sort of jump into and live in and kind of get it all over you. So whatever that th- that feeling of wanting to be steeped in something is, three. And you're not reliving the plot. You're just you. <laughs> no. I can't do that. Um, the Crown, great. When are they making more of those? I, I think guess they're probably in the midst of two right now. Oh, great. Um, I probably should not do everything that's just BBC because that's probably not very patriotic of me. You get, this is your game. Yeah. You get to say whatever you want, and I'm I. That's the majority of what I watch is BBC too. So that's I An always IT crowd. Yeah, IT crowd. Great. Yeah, IT crowd for sure. Great, anything great, by Graham Linnaeum. Great. <laughs> I'm probably butchering his last name. Is it Linnaeum? 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 I I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm such an idiot. I I have no I, you know what I have no idea I'm just I'm just seeing it in my head I would have said I think I would have said lineum I don't know Lin, linum 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 no I don't know it. I know so herb I know I, I know. know but they say the ages so I don't know well, yeah I guess that's true I don't know oh, we'll get to the bottom of that it's a pretty easy one to solve oh my god the crown uh, it crowd. <laughs> what do I do with you? Ah. I mean, I it's a real cross for me between transparent and glow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one because I was born in the eighties, and the I think having a Patti Smith soundtrack mm-hmm. that would change my life. I'm okay. just walking down the street. This is great. You're really just giving, you're, you're just leading me into every next category. Right. It's very convenient. And then, of course, transparent because I adore Jill Soloway. Right. <laughs> and and every haircut she has expired. Uh-huh, expired. uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like, yep, just, yep. I don't Understood. Know. I think they're going to have to go ties on that. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm going to tie those. Uh, and then the next one is three... Um, soundtracks. These are uh, could be classical, could be um, contemporary singer songwriter, 
huge band, whatever, uh, from any era that, um, you, that in your course of a day, uh, the sort of spontaneously composing and accompanied by like a new version. It's not just like, Oh, the Rolling Stones, this song it's, 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 it's never heard before, but it's sort of tailored to what's going on with you and whatever ambiance you want that to bring into your day. I definitely think I would love to do, um, I would, I would love to see, and I intend to use this in, um, I'm also developing something based on my first book, <laughs> Holes Great. Live Through This, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because I'm such a big Riot girl, 90s. Yeah. So do you want your own whole soundtrack? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Yes. Do you want me to throw Patti Smith in there? Sure. Great. Yes. Then and you should have one Curie more. Bradshaw as well. I mean, really, I, I just think Slater Kinney is amazing. Yeah. So I guess uh, Brownstein? I think Carrie Bradshaw is, is from... Oh, did I say Carrie Bradshaw? Uh-huh. Oh, no. Because, I meant Carrie Brownstein. Because of Sex in the City. <laughs> yes. uh, I Carrie Brownstein. Okay, I'm putting Slater Kinney on here. I don't know where that came from. I wasn't even thinking about Sex in the City. <laughs> Maybe I'm always thinking about Sex in the City. <laughs> Maybe I'm, it's always like an undercurrent. I look forward to you being haunted by that one moment <laughs> yes. of our conversation. Uh, Slater Kinney. Okay, great. Um, next category is uh, three talents that you wake up with tomorrow morning. You sort of are have perfected without the practice. Ooh. How to magically remove any stray chin hair. Okay. Great. Great. <laughs> Sans tweezers. Great. Great. I love that that's a talent. <laughs> I have very uh, low expectations for talents. I gotta keep up shooting low. As one of my favorite writers, Richard Grizard, Grizard would say, shoot low boys, they're riding Shetland ponies. <laughs> okay, that's a talent. Um uh what's another talent? Uh to grow to grow melanin. Great. Because then I would fear cancer less. Mm-hmm. Understood and agreed. Heartily. <laughs> Heartily. God, these are just shitty talents. Oh, they're great. Um, <laughs> Please. And entirely selfish Please. ones. I got to pick something else. I got to pick something that's a little bit more, a little bit less narcissistic. I feel. <laughs> um, it's another talent. Two. I, I would love as a writer to know when, I feel like I'm still figuring out and I would love to be able to be talented enough to know um, when I've hit the bottom of the barrel, if that makes sense. Like I, I'm, I always am striving to be as, um, to write, only write things that would get me disowned hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think everything else is just a Hallmark card. It's uh-huh. just superficial conversation. Um, but I don't ever know if I'm ranting or revealing mm. and I, I don't, so when you say bottom of the barrel, you mean like that you've dug to, to dug the, deep, to enough. deep enough, opposed to like bottom of the barrel when you're like, well, this is really the bottom of the barrel. Like this is oh. the this is the bad yeah. pickle. Well, maybe both, man. Yeah. Like, do I is this deep enough mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. to to say anything? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boy, that's a lot of pressure. Without yeah. just ranting at people, mm. I I don't know what you know. It makes sense. So that makes sense. Where the where the floor is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I got it. I think that's great. 
Um, and then final category is, uh, well, I guess I got to put it in here. I don't know that I've ever skipped it, which is three foods that are in this reality, maybe not bad for, uh, not great for you or in excess. You, they make you sick or you have an allergy, anything like that. Um, or too hard to get a hold of quickly, uh, in this other world, you can have it at the snap of a finger in perpetuity with zero, uh, negative ramifications. Mac and cheese. Great. I'm very allergic to cow's milk. Great. <laughs> me too. Great. Okay. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Oh, well, gluten is a far bigger problem for me, oh, but I okay. definitely have abdominal distress when oh, I have, have you milk. always had that? Uh, I don't, I don't know is the answer oh. to that. Um, no, I mean, in the sense that I used to eat like nothing but bread and cereal and stuff. And then oh, at yeah. a certain point, it just stopped me being too. a thing. Me too. I thought this was like 32. Yeah. What the hell is that? Yeah. You know, it's like, if I'm going to suddenly change in a dramatic way, I want to like grow giant tits. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> like if that, that I way. don't want that. <laughs> no, no, not really. I want uh, giant tits. Yeah. It would just be nice to have really nice tits for like a day. Yeah. You know, like having a penis for a week. Mm-hmm. It would just be nice to be able to pee in a different way for sure. seven days. I would just spend the whole time jerking off. But anyway. Um, oh, Lord. Uh, okay. Oh, mac and cheese great. is the first. Mac and cheese. Um, I also love buffalo chicken pizza. Great. Also with the cheese issue. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Anything dark chocolate. Oh, great. Which obviously has less milk in it than milk chocolate. But it's just so deeply. I mean, it's good for you. Yeah. And yet it's bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this is for. Um, okay, you know, I just do like a little spiral here. So you just, for this part, you just tell me when to stop fairly uh, fairly quickly, I guess. Stop. Okay, I'm going to pause this, do some minor calculations, uh, and come back with your 100% guaranteed fictitious MASH future. I'm scared. All right, here we go. Uh, this is very exciting. Now, I guess mansion, apartment, shack, and house are, of course, built into the MASH process, but then I didn't really place you in a specific um, area. Like, I didn't ask where your vacation home would be or anything on this round. So I'm going to place your vacation home inside the show or movie that you like spending time because that way you actually have a residence that you can retire to. Great. In this case, it happens to be that you have a mansion in the crown. <laughs> What? So that that's kind of extraordinary and wonderful. Wow. Um, I want you to know that you can uh, relax, have a wonderful time there. Feel free to entertain if you'd like, if you'd like to have, like I know you're working on that project with Toni Morrison. Um, <laughs> and so if you want to go ahead and have her over there, there's a, probably a wonderful writing salon uh, that you two can hang out in. I know that uh, there's a, the, the plenty of room for Sally Ride to come over and stay with you for as long as you or she would like. Um I know that you serve up a a mean, spontaneous, and healthy mac and cheese for yourself and others. Uh, And when you are working on stuff, uh, you also can be joined by a soundtrack, an original soundtrack uh, from Sleater Kinney. You absolutely know when you're working on these projects uh that you've sort of reached the depths that you are hoping for and that it is there's a a quality to it that stretches beyond your fear of ranting um and then when you want to uh travel back and and sort of experience uh moments in others lives and in 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 history you can uh you can see um who is this toby feels appearance on jack parr 
Uh, and you can also watch Mr. Rogers testify uh, before Congress. So that is an outstanding uh, MASH future. I want to congratulate I you. I think I could die you. happy if yeah. all of those things <laughs> I bet you'll die happy anyway, but I am very pleased with these results. Um, Anna, thank you so much for doing the podcast. I, I felt like this was the perfect uh, first woman back after my boys of summer series because you are sort of standing in for all women not just yourself and uh, i can't say enough good things about uh the girl in the show um so find it in all its forms um i will continue to give you updates about that as well uh and in the meantime people can buy the book mm-hmm. um and where and where can they find you if well, they need I'm to be oh uh, well i'm always on you know I'm on Facebook and Twitter and, and Rebel Debutante, the 501c3 educational documentary thing that I have is right. online. But I'm going to be on CNN's History of Comedy next season. Nice. Um, so they can catch me there. Great. I did a salon talk a week or two ago that they can see. Great. You know, lots of stuff. But yes, the book is available wherever books are sold. Okay. But please go to IndieBound.org if you possibly can. IndieBound.org. Your local independent bookstore. Oh, great. IndieBound.org, guys. IndieBound.org. Not that Barnes & Noble isn't great, but it's just support local. Why not? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, okay. And that wraps up the podcast. I don't know why I said that like I was ending a news segment or inside edition, but um, uh, I am so glad to have had you on. And guys, I'm glad to be back doing ladies for the remainder of the year up till next summer. Um, and I will talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.